0: There are tangible practices where I know what I need to block out my calendar. I'm learning what I need to say no to and what I need to say yes to and learning how to build in team and systems so that I can have the kind of company that I want and still also be the mom and the spouse that I want to be.
1: It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper, and get ready to learn. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Destiny. I'd love to have you introduce yourself and just share a little bit about your work with our audience. Thanks for having me.
0: So let's see where to start. Uh, I'm Destiny Berman, and I have been an entrepreneur. I like to say the DNA inside me has been all of my life. Um, officially, I've been an entrepreneur for the last seven to eight years. And before that, I've uh, been in San Francisco for a long time. I've worked at companies, uh, mostly in marketing tech. And so that has been my world before I started my own business in online education and then also a performance marketing agency.
1: Amazing. Yeah. So there's so much that we can cover within your story. I'd love for you to take us back and just share a little bit about your upbringing, because I always think it's so fascinating when I meet women like you who are total go-getters. You've always been ambitious. And I'm curious to know, where does that come from? Were you raised that way? Tell us a little bit more. Yes.
0: So my story is, uh, it's interesting. I was born in Thailand. So my So I'm Chinese. My parents are Chinese Cambodian, born and raised in Cambodia, and they were forced out of their country through the uh, Vietnam War. And so I ended up being born in a refugee camp in Thailand, got brought to the United States through the Refugee Act in 1981. And so my parents found themselves in this unknown world with very little formal education, not speaking the language. And so, you know, being immigrants and having to survive that has been instilled in me for for better or worse. And so this drive, this ambition, I do believe that some of it is intrinsic, right? So if you believe in astrology or you believe in your blueprint, that is instilled in me. I have a very packed 10th house. And given my dad's ambition to survive and to make it into this new country that they were not expecting to have to make it in has also been learned. So I've been... Working inside all of their businesses ever since I was a child. I didn't have a normal childhood in that sense where I got to play all day and to explore my own interests. It was very much about supporting the family so that we could live and, uh, supporting, you know, what was needed. And so to answer your question, you know, being from very humble origins, um, being raised in poverty, I mean, the, the five of us as my family grew were in a one bedroom apartment in downtown Chinatown. In LA for the first nine, ten years of my life. And so there was always that drive within me to do better, to live better, to live better, and to create a better outcome for myself.
1: Wow, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I'm really struck by the phrasing and and um I know it's intentional, you know, the drive to survive, because I think so many of us we have a drive to thrive and to achieve certain things, but that element of needing to do it to actually survive isn't part of our backstory. And so how did that affect you psychologically growing up? Like, was there a lot of fear? I'm just curious to know around, you know, we talk a lot about desire and motivation and all of that on this show. And I can imagine that there was a lot of fear that was motivating you. Yes. Yes.
0: And it's interesting, right? Because you find yourself on this range where you have learned grit and you learn hard work and you have learned resilience. And that, that I've always have super appreciated and is super valuable. But on the other end of the spectrum, being driven by fear and being driven by this need to just make it will only take you so far. And so, you know, on this range of doing something for joy, doing something for fun, doing something because I just want to do it, has never really been in my world for most of my life and so the fear is there because you feel like the rug will always be pulled underneath you i mean my mom was pregnant with me inside the camp and and i've done a lot of work cuz i've i've felt the trauma inside my body and so the fear is real and on one hand the fear keeps you going and thankfully the outcomes have been pretty good <laughs> but um on the other side you know doing something to express yourself has been really hard for me my entire life. You know, if someone were to ask me, well, you know, what, what would you do just for yourself just to express? It takes me a lot more to dig into that versus, okay, what do we need to do in order to make it?
1: Amazing. And, and what sort of things have you landed on in terms of being purely for self-expression or joy, or have you gotten to that place yet?
0: Um, well, I, um, for better or worse, I found that my uh, expressions do tend to be on, uh, requires a lot of resources. So I've, I found that I love interior design. I love architecture. It's an expensive hobby, <laughs> but I do find that creating beautiful spaces is I really find joy in that. I feel that my whole energy body just really acclimates when I walk into a intentional, thoughtfully designed space that has beauty. Um, I do love being in nature and that's actually one of the shifts that we made, you know, moving from San Francisco to here in Austin, there's a lot of nature in San Francisco, but just in particular, we're, a, we're a home and set up. So being in nature, movement of the body is interesting for me because I have attention with it when I'm in yoga. I love it when I come out, getting me to working out and moving my body is a whole other thing. And so I think there's a lot that needs to be released, um, but yes, <laughs>
1: And speaking of releasing, so I'm curious to know, was personal development work, um, you mentioned releasing trauma, was that part of the narrative of your family or is that something you discovered once you became an entrepreneur, potentially realized there were certain things holding you back or like you said, causing you to go to a place of fear and then you got the tools and resources to work on that? Yeah. So.
0: Personal growth has been another gift that my dad has given to me, even if my childhood was intense and he was very strict. And, you know, there was a lot, uh, there was a lot of uh, intense dynamics growing up with my parents, in particular my dad. But one of the, one of the things he's always impressed upon me is that we're only able to rise above our circumstances if we're willing to self-educate. So he was a big proponent of self-education and growth. So, even as a young kid, he was buying me sales books, he was buying me spiritual texts. He was buying me Tony Robbins books or um, I think back in the days it was like cassettes. <laughs> um, and so that has always been a part of my upbringing, and I've gone through in you know, ways where I've resisted it, but that's been a big part of my upbringing and a big part of my adult life because I think you know intuitively we we know when there are wounds that need to be healed. And so I've always seeked that out, whether it's astrology, whether it is, you know, landmark education, whether it is relationship coaches, because I feel like if you, if are in, in an environment, especially on the West Coast that is open to that, you seek that because you know you need it. And I've always had an acceptance of it because of how my dad uh, has you know, raised me and uh, has even pushed upon me.
1: And were your parents, you know, I resonate with that first and foremost, because my dad was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur. And he would gift us certain personal development books for Christmas, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teenagers, you know, all the things. And like you said, there were points where I was like, I don't want this. And I think he gave it to me like three years in a row. And, um, so I really appreciate that looking back and I would, but I was never taught to start my own business. Like my parents didn't push that upon me. Um, it was definitely part of uh, one of the potential scenarios for my life, but they were more, um, encouraging me of finding the thing that was really exciting to me that lit me up because they knew that that would have longevity versus something I wasn't excited to be doing. So what was, the encouragement from your parents? Like, was it start your own business? Or was it take more of the traditional route of go to school, get the education, and then go from there?
0: Yeah. So my parents were, in my uh, opinion, extreme views of having your own business. And the message that I've always received is, you don't have freedom unless you have your own business. You know, you have earning uh, limits if you have your own business. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's You know, it's those are half truths, right? I mean, you know, being in Silicon Valley, there are ways you can be a part of companies and startups and be invested to be able to grow. Um, so my parents are huge proponents of small businesses because that's what they knew and that's what they grew up. Unfortunately, they had a roller coaster ride. Um, and so they would do well and then they would lose it. They would do well and they would lose it. And so that was what I observed as entrepreneurship growing up. And so what I realized much further along is that I was so afraid of non-traditional me- methods of earning money because one, that was all, that was what it was all about was earning money. And I, and I understand why they came from that place, but it was just all that. And two, it was a roller coaster ride for myself and my brothers. And it was really intense growing up and we never had that stability that I so wanted. And so because of that, I resisted entrepreneurship. I resisted even working at startups. I remember thinking this, you know, when I reflected on my path, like working at startups because of the volatility. And, you know, we don't know how things could have gone. I do believe that I would have explored more of myself earlier on had I explored that world earlier on. But there was just so much fear and so much resistance to that.
1: And so, what were your first steps um, once you, you know, became an adult and got into your career? What did that look like?
0: I I certainly followed a more traditional path, right? And so, um, I was working at companies, and they were mid sized companies. It wasn't, you know, working for a startup like Google back in those days. Um, but I I followed a safe path where I was able to build up and get promoted. Um, but I didn't say go direct into sales where there was commission base as an example, even though there was more earning potentials and, and I think would have done, you know, pretty well. And so I followed a more safe path and, um, I did do well, um, because of the industry that I was in, but I can see how I was much safer than I probably should or could have been.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the majority of the world, to be honest with you, because there is that level of fear. And it's really interesting when we look at income, for example, and most people will actually keep them, keep themselves in a safe place because it feels scary to swing to one side or the other of the pendulum. Um, and so obviously, I know now, you know, I was chatting with one of our mutual friends and, and one of your business partners, Tara Zerker, and every time she talks about you, she's like, Destiny is such a hustler. She's so strong. She does such amazing things. Like, I have no doubt in her abilities. And so I know that you have far exceeded your own expectations and that you have swung to the other side and that you gained a lot more confidence along your journey to go bigger. So what has that, be- that transition been like? How did you get from point A to where you are now? So let's see.
0: So one, I do, and I will just say this, I do feel like I'm still, I have so much more potential and possibility to fulfill. So that's one. And I feel like that will always be, you can say the Capricorn in me, my astrologers give me a hard time about this. There is that inner critic, for better or worse. That that I know I have more potential, more possibility to expand on. And there has been an intrinsic grit that has been learned, and my ambition. So, as a kid, I was a very ambitious student. I was always aiming for straight A's. In high school, I was the kid in the AP and the IB classes, and I pushed myself to you know go to a good school. And so, and that was all. That was all self-motivated. It certainly didn't come from my parents. But, you know, I think along the way, when you pair that ambition with personal growth and a reasonable willingness to shift and to change, then, you know, thankfully, there has been results along the way. So whether it's getting promoted, whether it's starting my own business, and then also, you know, having enough of a belief in yourself to go for it. And, you know, that's probably one of the most admirable traits that I have seen in founders. You know, when I read a story about any founder who's just willing to go for it at a young age, and like, this is just what they're doing and to raise money and, you know, just to be able to live at that level. It's something that I have continued to want for myself because so many of us, we just get so held back by our biggest dreams and ambitions and and we're responsible for our families. But how can we go for that in a responsible, calculated way? And uh, because we just owe that to ourselves, and that's that's been one of my principles that I that I feel like has guided me. Even if I feel like I have, you know, some regrets, I've got shortcomings, but that's what I wake up to.
1: Do you want to uplevel every area of your life? Do you want to achieve more success, joy, and abundance? If so, head on over to IHeartMyLife.com slash go and check out everything we have going on to support you in creating a life that's better than your dreams. I was chatting with one of my top clients about, and she asked me, you know, point blank, what do you think is the difference maker between people who are successful and people who aren't? And I said, it's really simple. It comes down to belief. Because when you have that unwavering belief in yourself and what you're meant for, even through the failures and the challenges, you're going to keep going. And that creates that resilience. And, you know, there are so many people out there who are in denial about what they're capable of and they haven't been able to develop the confidence or do the personal growth, like what you're talking about. So what were some of the people you, who were some of the people you worked with or what were some of the tools that you used um, to develop that level of belief to create the resilience to keep going? Yeah, so one, um, yoga and
0: meditation. You know, I found my way, there. Um, and the yoga has certainly evolved in its form over the years, but definitely yoga and meditation for body mindfulness. Um, you know, my husband and I saw a therapist in San Francisco for, I think mean, close to 10 years to keep our psychology, to keep our mindset on track as we were, as well as our marriage and our relationship. We had a relationship coach and community in San Francisco that also kept us open and the best that we can in our heart space. I still have my energy coach that I've been working with for years um, who I tap into so that I can stay in alignment as much as possible. So I'm not saying that you need all these tools. You know, I consult astrologers on a regular basis and I'm not saying that you need all these tools. And I'm not saying that when you have these tools, you're only going to find success. Right. I mean, this is going to be an up and down a roller coaster as we learn. But um, you do want to find your set of tools and you do want to find your connection with yourself. The best you can so that, you know, you start to feel like you're on path or off path and you're suffering or you have regrets. I mean, you know, this year has been intense, right? With the changes in the world, but um, the best you can so that you can get back on track and that you don't lose sight of your your vision.
1: Yeah. So beautiful. So I'd love to chat about some of the current things in your world. And um, before we do that, what has been sort of the path to going from working at those mid-sized companies to actually starting your own business to the work that you're doing today? Can you break that down for us? Because I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening who are wondering, and maybe you're in the similar place where they know that there's potential, but they haven't yet tapped into it in terms of their own business.
0: So first, I should just have a disclaimer that I don't believe everyone ought to be an entrepreneur, right? That was instilled in me. And I have now learned that the entrepreneurship path is not better, it's not worse, and it's not for everyone. And you can find incredible success with other paths that are a good fit for you. For me, I have felt this constant gnawing, even when I was working in companies and things were going well, that I wanted to create something for myself. And then especially when I knew I was going to become a mom, I wanted to create that flexibility. So it is true that there is some degree of flexibility if you can make things work and you can earn. And so even before that, you know, I had started with half intentions. I started a probiotic uh, company and and we had a probiotic uh, product we were selling online. This was way before it was easy to sell online. Then I started a lux um, eyelash company to sell online. And so I was, I was dabbling, but ultimately it came down to, okay, am I going to continue on this path that I'm going on with more and more at stake as you grow and you evolve? Or am I going to make the leap? And we got to a point where things were really stable in my partnership. And financially, it was safe to take a risk. And I still remember the conversation at that time. It's like, okay, let's just leave. And the truth is, at that time, the job market was, was a really hot in marketing and tech. And after six months, if I changed my mind, I could always come back, get a bigger job, get a great job. And that was, in my mind, the safety net, in addition to being financially secure and stable. And so that's what I had to do. I was dabbling and I wasn't just, you know, I wasn't willing to take the leap until I made the leap with no plan in place. And that was scary. You know, I did what probably the most cliche thing you could do. I did a 200 hour yoga training (laughs) during my path of (laughs) self-discovery. And then I, you know, started to do research and I found that I wanted to stay in digital marketing and also serve, you know, online entrepreneurs. And so, you know the the vision kept evolving. You know, and I did that for six seven years. I had very successful clients where we would have uh, revenue partnerships, and then I built my own audience and launched my own programs. And then then I wanted to evolve and go back to working with corporate, and which is why we launched Future Digital earlier this year to work with VC funded companies and portfolio companies. So your vision evolves, right? And there's never one answer and one path, but Um, you know, and there has been successes along the way and there's been failure failures along the way. Um, But, um, you know, that's just part of the path and you want to do your best to be responsible and, uh, you know, go from there.
1: Yeah. So speaking of being responsible, do you feel like your decisions were half responsible, half heart-based or were they on one side or the other of the spectrum?
0: That is a great question. I would say a good portion of my decisions were driven by optimism. (laughs) Which I have also found uh, needs to be grounded in reality. And I think that is one of the eternal questions that entrepreneurs and founders uh, need to face is on one hand, you can't create anything if you don't have this internal optimism, because there's no way the 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 odds are going to be against you, especially if you're creating something new that hasn't existed before. And at the same time, how do you stay grounded so that you're also creating in this current reality As things are coming in the future, and so heart base, head base, it kind of flows back and forth. I would say more of my optimism, and more of, wow, you know, how do we stay real? Especially if you're not getting funded or you're self-funded. There's a whole slew of questions that uh, that you need to ask yourself.
1: Well, and I think I appreciate your honesty with this because it's something that I've been pondering a lot lately. And obviously, I want to be in an industry that's relevant, that is going to be able to take off and impact more people. And I'm the type of person where it is challenging for me to... like, I'm kind of all or nothing. And if I don't feel it, then it's very hard for me to go all in. But I've also been like looking at how do we continue to self-motivate? Because I do think there's a way for us to get excited about anything and for us to, like you said, be optimistic about what it is that we're doing. And if we're in this personal development space, like that's part of the work is like generating joy and looking for you know, positivity and and being grateful and all the things. And so, you know, there are plenty of things, regardless of what business you're in, if you love it or not, that you're going to have to do, especially in the beginning, whether you want to or not. And so that's a really incredible skill to to be a, a necessary skill to develop as you go along to be able to, you know, keep going and put in the effort even if there's something that doesn't feel a million percent aligned. Um, so I've been exploring that, which is why I wanted to ask you as well.
0: Yes, and I'm and I'm glad you brought this up because the whole wave of especially in the online businesses about finding your purpose and finding your joy. And of course, you know it it does need to be rooted in that because entrepreneurship is hard. Being a founder is hard. Every day you wake up and you've got choices to make and hard choices and big choices. And so it does have to be rooted from your center, I believe, and at the same time, to your point, you're not going to love everything you're going to do. And over time, as you build up systems and team and whatnot, you can offload that. But the reality is that we are not going to love our work every single day, no matter what work you are in. And I think that some of the the rose-colored messaging around you know being your purpose and loving your work has kind of overtaken on that. And so, you know, how do we develop the the discipline and the resiliency and the practice to our vision. And I believe that vision is grounded in heart and is also grounded in your center. But it is not that, again, you wake up and it's, oh, yes, I'm so excited about today. You know, if those days are more often not, that's great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And I, I think that it's important to mention that because sometimes there are people who start a business and they're not feeling excited about what they're doing. And then they feel like they failed or there's something wrong or they need to switch gears. And so, you know, every month it's something new and there's no element, like you said, of resilience or sticking with something um, because it's just about how they feel. And I totally get that. I've totally fallen into that. That trap, so to speak. Um, And I do operate from my heart more often than not. But I'm also able to tune in to like, what is the ideal outcome here? Why are we actually doing this? You know, there are plenty of things. I don't love brushing my teeth, but I love the outcome that I'm going to get. And so just being able to tune in to, is this something that is contributing to a future desire or a future outcome that will bring me a lot of joy versus just being so focused on like this moment and how does this feel? Exactly, exactly. You know, when you were speaking that, it reminded me of like the greatest, the greatest
0: athletes in the world. Like clearly they are in their greatness and they are in their passion and they're on their path. But every day is not going to be that easy day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember my husband telling me that he... Maybe he, I don't know where he saw this, but Muhammad Ali talking about how he hated training every single day, like going to training was the worst thing, but clearly one of the greatest fighters in the world. And I'm not saying we need to take it that far, but he was obviously tapping into some level of desire. Otherwise he wouldn't have kept doing it. Exactly. Exactly. So I know this year you've massively up-leveled in the sense that you started something new, you moved to a new state. So can you share any of the mindset blocks or challenges that have come up for you personally um, in terms of making these shifts and putting yourself out there in a different and bigger way? Because you could have just stayed doing what you did um, over the last seven or eight years, but there was obviously something else calling you, something else exciting to you, but that doesn't mean that it's always easy to up-level and create something new.
0: It's true. It's true. And some days, depending on the day, I do uh, wake up asking, why did I do this? Or what prompted me to do this? But um, one, that insecurity, I would say that came up frequently. Um, Insecurity and I would say overwhelm are my two internal uh, blocks that come up for me. And one is, you know, the moving to another state, you know, with with a young son Can we really do this? Are we going to be able to create a new community like we did in San Francisco for 18 plus years? Are we going to find our people? And so that those questions continue to surface and to come up. And then in security, when launching a new agency, you know, there was a reason why I didn't do this before. Right. It's it's a lot of work. We're working with um, a different group of clientele. And so it forces me to have to up level and do things differently. And so the insecurity and questioning, can I do this? Can we deliver? Can we fulfill? And what I found is that when I'm coming up against this, no matter what format, if I chose to stay in the business I was doing, if I chose to stay in the same state, even though we felt a deep prompt to move, you're going to deal with that feeling of insecurity and that feeling of overwhelm. And so the question becomes, well, why not do it in a new format that you know is your next step And that, you know, is part of your evolution because you cannot get away from that. And I remember noticing this when I was working at companies, when I started my own business, those same levels, those same feelings will doubt you, will plague you in any format. And we think we can change the external circumstance to try to get away from it. It will only take you so far because there's so much more that is working in the background and there's so much more at stake for yourself. And thank goodness. And so that's always what's kept me moving forward because I know that I would be dealing with this in other ways.
1: That's so true. It's kind of like the phrase how people say, you know, not everyone is going to like you. And so you might as well put, you know, do something that makes you feel good and, and makes you like yourself regardless of what it is that you're putting out there. Um, and I love that so much. So I'm curious to know, you know, tangibly speaking, say you're going to pitch a big client and you're feeling that level of insecurity, or is this going to work? What did you do to increase your confidence or transform your mindset in those moments?
0: So one, I have my daily tools, right? So I have my, my meditation practices. I have my body practices. You know, I also do uh, breath work. So I have my tools to at least take me to, let's say, ground zero. So, you know, your set of tools, you do want to employ them because that's more important than ever. And then second thing, what I tell myself is it's one foot in front of the other. So if we're about to go into a big pitch for a prospective logo and brand that seems so big and gigantic and out of reach for us, it's one step in front of the next. So the first step is to find another business. And we know how to do this. And then the second step is to prepare the pitch. And we know how to do this too, but it's one step in front of the other. What I find is that when your mind starts to think too big, this is where the visioning is not helpful because when your mind starts to blow it out of proportion it's where it stops you. But if you can focus in one step, get the meeting, work on the pitch, get through the pitch as best as you can follow up and you just keep moving forward. And this is how you make progress. I believe in just about any area of our lives.
1: So good. Thank you for that. What has been your biggest lesson this year? Because you mentioned there have been a lot of challenges, not just for you and starting something new, but in the world. What have you seen? Like, What has been the, the lesson that stuck with you at this point?
0: I think, you know, feeling, you know, for me, it's been trying to find the right balance of staying
1: informed with
0: what's going on in the world, but also not having that level of fear and uncertainty overtake you because there has been a lot um, this has been a very intense year right with with the housing with interest rates and war and the stock market and you know infrastructure collapsing and so these are big real world events and so how do we find ourselves staying informed but at the same time still staying clear to our day-to-day so it's not like we want to put our head <laughs> in the sand but we also don't want that to overtake us. And I feel like that has been probably the biggest learning um, for me this year because we can't create, and I can't be a good mom and I can't be a supportive spouse if I'm overtaken by all the fear and to some degree noise, even if it's real impactful events, um, while still staying informed and still staying connected to reality.
1: Yeah, beautiful. And and how do you balance everything? Because you are a mom. I know you're really involved in your son's life and all his extracurriculars because he's an avid athlete and doing all the things. How do you balance all of that?
0: You know, it is a daily and a weekly learning. And some days and some weeks are better than others. Um, I have gone very clear on where I need to block up my time and also the way I work. So where I'm most optimal during the day, what I need to say no to. In order to accomplish what I aim to accomplish while at the same time having headspace and emotional space for for my son and for my family. And so it's not perfect. You know, I notice it on that day where I've got too much in my mind and I am more short-tempered with them. And then I notice the days where I'm so connected and it feels so good. And then I think to myself, how can I replicate that? And so There are tangible practices where I know what I need to block out my calendar. I'm learning what I need to say no to and what I need to say yes to. And that is a progress and learning how to build in team and systems so that I can have the kind of company that I want and still also be the mom and the spouse that I want.
1: I feel like a, a big theme of this conversation is that whole taking it step-by-step step and just learning as you go. Because I think that that really stops people from even starting when they look at that big mountain or they see all the fears. And like you said, they focus so much on the big picture. And in their mind, they can't compute how they're going to get from A to B. Um, but I love how you've you've broken this down and it's been such a step-by-step process for you. Thank you. In terms of all your success whether it's business, personal, whatever, what are you most grateful for?
0: I'm most grateful for, I would say my vitality and my heart for wanting to continue to create more because I feel the parts of myself that have slowed down, especially with becoming a mom. I definitely don't push in the same way um, that I used to, you know, with my business and I've had to set boundaries on the weekends and whatnot but I feel like I've continued to want to create more in my work and different. And I continue to feel that drive, even though it's different, you know, after being a mom and I'm just so grateful that I still have that vitality and that desire within me that, you know, I'm healthy and that I have my drive and that I can create, but not feeling like I have to be exhausted or that I will be exhausted. It's probably the best way to put it. Um, because I wake up each day and there's still things I want to fulfill on.
1: <laughs> yeah, so good. And I know that you told me recently that you becoming a mom, mom was the best thing that could happen for everyone in your life. <laughs> Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So
0: before becoming a mom, um, the way I worked was very intense. And I can't get a lot done. So I'm very productive. It's, except that I also expect everyone to be like me, which is obviously unfair and unreal not that I'm better than other people, but I just work differently. And so I was really intense. I was much more rigid about rules and, you know, having to do things by deadlines. And I would hold the deadlines very near and dear. And after I became a mom, I was forced to be more trusting, more fluid and more flexible. And teams that I worked with have, i given it, uh, input and feedback that I'm much softer, I'm more well-rounded. And that's been a gift. You know, I I wasn't expecting that. And that has been a gift because it really brought out the nurturing side of me that didn't really exist in work because I was so afraid for it to come out.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I resonate with that. I haven't yet given birth, but I can feel the shifts and even that element of becoming softer happening. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So before we get to the final question, where can people find you online? So I've got multiple locations. Um, There's
0: my own personal website, destinyberman.com. That has been my online coaching and business for the last seven plus years. And then our um, agency that's focused on digital health and uh, beauty companies. um, That's Scale with Future. That's Future Digital. And then you can find me on LinkedIn or DM me on Instagram, which is Des Berman.
1: Thank you. So the final question we always ask all of our guests here is what is one way that people can create a life that's better than their dreams and far exceeds anything they could envision for themselves? One way.
0: Well, what I have to offer that is being willing and being open. And so I don't know if you count that as, you know, one or two ways, but what I found is at least in my life, when I have been surprised or, you know, founders that I've worked with it, when they have been surprised by the outcomes over the years, is they have this willingness to one, stay true, but also to stay open to how things show up. Because 99% of the time, things never quite show up the way you think or expect or have it in your mind, right? Unless you're just so, you know, in that vision and you can, you know, see within multi-dimensions, I believe. So being willing and being open to still staying true to yourself, but knowing that as things show up, you know, things will surprise you, things will shift and having that clarity and openness will allow you to be surprised and to be delighted in, in like really powerful ways. And, you know, when I think, but the moments in my life. you know I never expected to move across halfway across the country and it's been really beautiful or being a mom and um, the way my business has surprised me um, over the years.
1: Love it. thank you so much. Well thank you for all of your time and your wisdom and your energy. I know you've inspired a lot of people by being on the show today so just know how grateful we are for you. So thank you. Thank you so much. love this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life Show. Now, do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is, life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show.